Hello, friends. Hello, Internet. Welcome once again to the Film Bits podcast, episode number 17. As usual, I'm your host, Matt. And on this episode, wanted to take a few moments and discuss Black Panther. True, this is a somewhat belated discussion, as this film's been out in the theaters for several weeks now, but it's an important and noteworthy film and worth taking some time to talk about regardless. This is the 18th installment in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, directed by Ryan Coogler, starring Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, and many more. Now this film, it had a lot of hype, had a lot of build-up leading up to its release, and for good reason. On paper, it looked great. Featured an up-and-coming director, a very promising cast, and a cool character that we got snippets of in Captain America Civil War. But as is the question with any other movie that's been hyped up, did it live up to the hype? And in this case, it certainly did. This movie worked on so many different levels for me personally. Visually, it was rich and colorful, especially Wakanda itself and the costumes and set pieces. The direction was wonderful. This movie oozed with Coogler's passion for the characters and the comic books they spawned from, and he poured that passion into every shot and every moment of the film, not to mention the story flowed wonderfully. It was full of weighty themes, things that felt important, such as the responsibilities of leadership, family, social injustice, and that leads me right into the antagonist. Unlike numerous other MCU films, this antagonist, Eric Killmonger, he's a meaningful villain. The original score for this movie is also very wonderfully and tastefully done. It couples with the rich visuals very nicely and provides an equally rich and organic sound to supplement the setting and the characters in a very special way. So these are just some of the elements that make this movie very good. It's kind of a bird's eye view of just how strong I think this film is. If you haven't seen it yet, you really should afford yourself the opportunity to go see it on the big screen. Even all of these weeks later, it's still in theaters, and it's still crushing box office milestones. So if you want to avoid any spoilers, I would recommend tuning out now because at this point, I want to take a little bit more of a deep dive and expand on some of the things that make this movie special. Now, the opening act of this movie does gently touch on the events of Captain America's Civil War. It's one of the film's only attachments to the running MCU storyline, but it's nicely done. It's not too heavy-handed. It sets the stage for T'Challa's story, but then ultimately lets the Black Panther movie's story go its own way and be its own thing, for lack of a better term. This is where we also get our first look at Wakanda. It's a sprawling, futuristic city hidden in the heart of Africa, and it's impressively powered by vibranium tech, yet it's an elevated and principled society deeply rooted in tradition. And this is made evident in T'Challa's coronation scene at the waterfall. And that waterfall really is one of the coolest set pieces in the movie, and is featured more than once. And now we get a chance to establish some of the main characters, some of the main players in this story. Obviously, we have King T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman, whose previous roles include Jackie Robinson, James Brown, 
and Thurgood Marshall, if that gives you any kind of a sense of what kind of acting chops Chadwick has. And he definitely brings that same level of talent to the Black Panther. We also have the character Nakia, played by the lovely Lupita Nyong'o. And she plays an important role as T'Challa's romantic interest. And also has a morally responsible ambition in this movie. However, there were a lot of times throughout this film where I was left wanting more from her. And her character almost felt extraneous, like she needed more to do or more to say. It's a minor complaint, but it stuck out in my mind. Another marquee character is Okoya, played by Denai Gurira. I hope I'm saying that right. She is a stoic, strong, stubborn character, but she is dazzling in some of the action sequences, and she's part of an awesome fighting force called the Dora Milaje. We also have the character Wakabi, played by Daniel Kaluuya. He doesn't have a huge part or a chance to showcase his acting ability, but his character is worth noting, especially given his previous success in films like Sicario and Get Out. We definitely want to keep an eye on him because I think he's going to have a long and illustrious career in Hollywood. The surprise cast member to me was T'Challa's sister, Shuri, played by Letitia Wright. And she was relatively unknown, at least to me. It looked like she's been mostly a TV actor throughout the course of her young career, but she's an absolutely adorable, fun character in the movie, and I can't wait to see more of her. Um, she's obviously going to be in Infinity War and also has a role in Ready Player One, which is on deck and comes out in just a few days. Then you have Ulysses Claw, who we've seen before in Avengers Age of Ultron, played by none other than the king of mocap, Andy Serkis, although for this role he is in the flesh. And Andy Serkis kind of steals the show when he's on screen. He has this manic, twisted form of comic relief, and I'm actually really, really disappointed that he was killed off in this movie, because I think he would have been, um, he would have been good to keep around and have as a running villain, kind of a running menace throughout some of these MCU stories. Now, there are so many other names, so many other noteworthy cast members in this movie, such as Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, Martin Freeman... But the one I really want to talk about is Eric Killmonger, played by Michael B. Jordan. And Michael B. Jordan, he's no stranger to Ryan Coogler. Um, he also was featured in Fruitvale Station and Creed. And this time he takes on the villainous role. Now, he may not be the best MCU villain, but he is in the upper echelon for sure. Because this is a problem Marvel has worked really hard to fix. They've they've had the villain problem, quote-unquote, as it's been called. But this movie does not suffer from the villain problem. Eric Killmonger is an extremely well-written and well-acted bad guy. He has a fascinating backstory. He plays an extremely intelligent and powerful special ops soldier. Yet he's got this edginess and roughness having been raised on the streets of Oakland. His ambition is painfully believable and relevant to a lot of people. He's an orphan child left behind. He's disenfranchised by rampant social injustice, and he believes he has the power and the ability to fix it. 
albeit in an evil and twisted way, by rightfully usurping T'Challa and unleashing Wakanda's power on the oppressors of people of color the world over. That is pretty powerful, and it's a huge part of what makes Eric Killmonger a good villain and what makes this story work as a whole. And let's bring that back to Ryan Coogler. He tackled this movie with so much love and so much TLC. In every interview, in every article I ever read or watched featuring him, it's apparent that he loves this source material. And it shines through in nearly every frame. It shines through in the way he wrote and developed this story and these characters. They have meaningful dialogue and interactions with one another. The narrative flows smoothly. And it brings added depth to the action and the action sequences that would otherwise be mindless. Now, yes, Disney and Marvel are huge money-making monstrosities. And sometimes this results in films crafted merely to generate profit. But when you pick the right cast and crew, it can become more. It can become a labor of love that audiences enjoy. And I think that's what happened with this movie. Now, another facet of the film that I want to briefly touch on before I I wrap up this discussion is the original score, composed by Ludwig Göransson of Sweden. Now, Ludwig recently impressed me with his work on Creed, also directed by Kugler. In that movie, he fashioned a theme for Creed that paid tribute to the old Rocky themes. It was kind of an homage to Bill Conti, the composer that scored... Uh, most of the Rocky films. But the point I'm getting at is that he did an equally impressive job on the score for Black Panther. He did so much homework and put so much pressure on himself before composing this score because he knew how culturally important it was. So much so that he actually spent months in South Africa. He was in a place called the International Library of African Music. It's sort of an archive of ancient and archaic tribal music throughout Africa's history. He studied as many as 500 ancient African instruments, many of which don't even exist anymore. And he fused some of these instruments into the score. It brought such a rich, organic, genuine touch to the music in this movie. And he seamlessly blended it with a 21st century orchestral sound that very well represents the advanced Wakandan culture that happens to be steeped in history and tradition. So when you weave all of these elements together, you're left with a film of the highest quality. I've kind of recently stirred the pot by claiming that this is my favorite MCU film, and I honestly feel like it is. It left an impression on me unlike any of the other films, And, you know, that's not to take anything away from the other strong films in the MCU. The original Avengers, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, these are all giants in the MCU lineup. They're all high-quality films, and I put Black Panther right up there at the top. I know not everybody will agree with me, but, like I said, the movie left that big of an impression on me. And there's just so much tender affection and love that went into the making of this film 
that I feel completely justified in claiming it's one of my favorites. So we'll be seeing Black Panther in Wakanda again soon, very soon, because Thanos is coming. He's coming April 27th with the release of Infinity War. And just based on what we've seen and heard of this movie, especially in the trailers, it looks like Wakanda is going to play a huge part in that story. Maybe that's where the Soul Stone is hiding. We have yet to see. But like I said, I just wanted to take a few moments of time and discuss Black Panther and its many strengths and what makes it such a good movie in my opinion. And we're kind of near the unofficial start of the summer movie season, so um, after a couple of months of a hiatus, I'll probably be dropping quite a few more episodes as movies like Ready Player One and Infinity War and some of the other big blockbuster hits this summer start coming out. In the meantime, I always appreciate anyone taking the time to listen to this show. Certainly uh, reach out to me on the Facebook page. I'm hosting on SoundCloud. If anybody ever wants to be a part of this show or offer any input or insight um, or even participate, certainly reach out to me and let me know, all of you fellow cinephiles out there. So again, thank you for listening, and everybody have a fantastic day.